It's time for the Juice Box Junkies, an independent Houston Astros podcast. All Astros, all the time. Astros news, analysis, and opinions right here on the Juice Box Junkies. Episode 15, Juice Box Junkies Podcast. Marty Coleman, Kyle, Texas with me today. You can't see his beautiful face. Christian Espinosa, Seattle. Yes, he's a Closet Mariners fan, or I like to think that. Christian, <laughs> how's things uh, in Seattle? God. Uh, it was good. I, I was out and about yesterday for uh, – this is uh, for the, the final game of the Mariners series, and uh, – it was not fun. By the time I left the, the bar, or I started at the bar, it was empty. And by the time I uh, left, it was packed, and I was uh, getting heckled here and there. So that was a blast. <laughs> so happy to be hey, back amongst Astros friends. Let the let let them heckle you while while they can. You'll be heckling them in October, watching the playoffs in that same bar that Brian Dunleavy and I were ordering beers from uh, oh, off yeah. the picture you posted <laughs> on Slack. Brian Dunleavy, Fredericksburg, Virginia. I remember this time, Brian, because you told me Fredericksburg. I should remember that. Texas, <laughs> Fredericksburg, Texas is right down the street. So, what's happening, Brian? Nothing much. Welcome to my office, also known as the storage bin of all this stuff. <laughs> well, we were we were joking before we hit record that your 114 kids, would, you know, you're probably just going to leave the house. That's a break. But you said this is your break. You get to talk baseball with two other guys that love the Astros. Uh, so it all works out. Hey, guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but that uh, rotation that everybody was sold on and, and has performed, I would say, as I think Christian put on our document, one of the top three in baseball, I think uh, during the month of May, they were at the very top, at least for uh, a good chunk of the month. I started noticing, uh, I've been tracking the, the starting rotation, as you guys know, is following me on Twitter. I started noticing a few cracks in the armor, number one being Jose Urquidy. I think he gave up 12 hits in one game, then 10 in the next or something crazy like that. Um, so Jose Urquidy's had a few uh, bumps in the road, but also Christian Javier has had uh, several bumps in the road. Now, I went and looked at Christian Javier, tried to dig into the stats today, and I could not find anything that the uh, advanced numbers, anything that was different. He's not walking a lot more. Now, he walked forward the other day, but uh, in general – his walk rate is down. The batting averages against his stuff is, is about the same. But he is all over the place. Uh, his last uh, five starts. Let's look at this. Of course, a uh, great podcast here. Um, <laughs> three and two-thirds innings, eight hits, seven earned runs. Then he had two really good starts, or, or at least game score-wise, six innings in one run, nine strikeouts in a walk, five and two-thirds, three hits, nine strikeouts um, in a walk. So, And that was only five, five and two-thirds. So he had game scores of 70 and 71 back-to-back after that first start I talked about was a 19. And then in his last start on June the 6th against the Mariners, 
uh, three, three and two thirds, six hits, five runs, four strikeouts, and a walk. So he's not walking a lot of people in general, but he's not getting a lot of people out, and he's not averaging a lot of innings. As I mentioned, I couldn't find anything where his his advanced numbers were way crazy. I did find something in Arcadi. His fastball is getting drilled. Um, last year, they're batting Arcadi on the fastball. Opponents are batting 320 and slugging 582 on his four seamer, where last year those numbers were a 237 batting average and uh, 423 on the slugging. So with Arcadi, it's the fastball. With Javier, I don't know what it is. Has anybody got any ideas? Brian Dunleavy, you're up. I, I, you know, you look to just like you said with with uh, Urquidy in his last start. I mean, when you had when you had bottom of the hole guys catching up to a you know letter high fastball, that's not a good sign. Uh, it means he's really not fooling anybody, and that's I think that's that's the most concerning part. Um, you know, and and Christian Javier, I think. He is his struggle is he's just inconsistent. I don't think he has yet to fully uh, be consistent in all his pitches throughout every start. So you get what you get, um, you know. And I I just don't think it's gonna be gonna be the best of, of situations necessarily. But here's the biggest the big picture problem that I foresee is 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 the impact on. Um, you know, potential playoff run, right? So you look at that and you say, well, we have JV. That's that's one. That's one down. But who's next? You really don't have anybody. Uh, you know, after that, it's not like you're going to say, oh, we definitely want this guy second second in the hole. I mean, Framber Velez is your is your best best go to, right? Everybody's like, yeah, Framber Velez is the guy. Well, last year, what did he do in the playoffs? He had a seven seventy eight ERA for the playoffs. So if that's your number two, that's really concerning, right? I mean, that is, that's not what, you know, and of course that's one postseason. I, I really don't count 2020. That's like, that was a, a blip, or, you know, on the, on the radar for most people. But, you know, the first real playoffs that we had is ERA 778. And I think a lot of it was nerves, but, you know, we'll see how we go from that's, that's all I have to go on right now. I can't say that it's going to be that way always, but that's what we have to go on. Uh, same thing. You look at Luis Garcia. Maybe he's number three, right? Eight oh four ERA for the playoffs last year. Okay, that's that's even worse. Not not good. Uh, then you look at Jose Urquidy. Eight twenty two. Oh, it's not getting better. <laughs> so so the so my question is, and Javier Javier didn't start. Javier got no starts and has no starts in the playoffs ever. So he's an unknown factor. He had his ERA was three thirty eight. Uh, he, but it was all relief appearances, a couple innings, one, one to one or two innings. So the question remains for me, um, you know, McCullers is still not back. He's still not even doing real rehab stuff um, for the most part. So, you know, hopefully he gets back and he's, he's in form, but you, he's a question mark for the playoffs too on what you're going to get out of him. So who's your, who's your number two guy? Who's your number three guy? And right now it's concerning to me. You can, I think you can win a playoff series, in the first, you know, the first round, maybe this, maybe, maybe um, get in, you know, get into the to the league championship series um, with one really good starter, one average starter. But if you if you don't have three solid starters, you're not going to get very far in the playoffs. 
And and once you get to the deeper, you know, the ALCS and the World Series, you really need four that you can count on because the games are coming fast and furious there. So the question is, what is the the the, the starting pitching you know situation going to look like in the playoffs? Are there options that we're looking at to to take on? I mean, last year, Granky really pulled through for the most part for us. He was the number two guy once McCullers, um, you know, went out, and then he was the number one. So, um, so I'd, I'd love to see, you know, some look into that, maybe some options in the future or what we're going to do to build that playoff strength and that playoff roster uh, in the rotation. Um, I think that could be an easy um, option. If you're, in a, if you're in a win now situation, which I think the Astros are, do you, do you lose some of the future, trade some prospects for a guy that will get you to the playoffs again and to the World Series? Okay, you're talking 105 games away in the playoff. I'm concerned even about the rest of the regular season, right? Justin Verlander, I don't know if you guys realize this, is on a pace to hit 185 or 190 innings. We're 57 games in. Uh, he's thrown 71 and two-thirds innings, I think. I calculated out today on the bottom end, it's like 182. On the top end, you know, depending on how many starts and days of rest and all that stuff, it's somewhere, you know, between 190, 192, or three. You add in, as you mentioned, Lance McCullers threw a bullpen of 25 pitches the other day, and here we are on June the 9th. Uh, Jake Odorizzi threw 20 pitches. He couldn't even make it to 25. All of a sudden, with Urquidy and Javier uh, and McCullers, who we didn't really plan on until the end of the season or second half anyway, McCullers and Odorizzi, that six-man rotation is looking more like a, a one-and-a-half-man rotation. And I'm questioning if the one, JV, they're going to have to go to a deeper rotation, maybe pull somebody up. Matt Kunkel has joined us from Dallas, Texas, without a tie this week, Matt. Your thoughts on the rotation right now and leading into the postseason, hopefully. First of all, Murray, I got a tie. <laughs> oh, sorry. And it's fantastic. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, you know, last the last pod we did, we were kind of complaining about how great our team was and how worried we were. I, I think this is a legit um, worry because uh, beyond JV, we are – I think we're 162 games deep. I don't think we're 16 wins in October deep with some of the starting pitching. Um, although I would argue Framber Valdez has shown to at least take somewhat of a, a bigger step. I would feel comfortable labeling him as a number two. But regardless, I, I think we are, uh, you know, the back end starting pitching is a concern. Um, I think with Arquiti and uh, Javier, I mean, people have had time to adjust to him and you know that's why the elite pitchers when you see him over and over again they, they're still successful because they have great stuff you know or the what we're seeing out of Urquidy and Javier you know may may be worth talking about around the trade deadline seeing if maybe if we can move one or two of them for an arm that'll help us win now in October um I I don't know beyond that I I think we got a, you know, I, I think we're we're in the, the, the June swoon of, like, we're doing very well. We're, we're cruising. We're 10 games up. Uh, but that that ultimate goal in October, I, I think it's legit to ask yourself, um, you know, can these guys get through 
an elite team twice in a series, I, I think outside of JV, I, I think the answer is maybe not. And then, and then we should probably look to see what we can do around the trade deadline. First world problems, 10 games up on June the 9th. <laughs> Worried about your starting rotation that's in the top three uh, in the league. Hey, fellas, let's talk about some good news. Gordon Alvarez, one of my favorite guys behind Chaz McCormick. Uh, I sing this guy's praises all the time. I write, I used to write articles <laughs> about him. I tweet about his incredible numbers in, in the 162-game averages, which I think last time I looked was 290 with 45 home runs, 127 RBI, and good. 157 <laughs> OPS plus, and people on Twitter go, yeah, does he hit home runs? If he's, you're going to pay him that much, he, he should hit home runs. I'm like, what games are you watching? Christian, Jordan signed an extension, and he's a wealthy man now. What do you think about the new contract or the new extension for Jordan Alvarez? Well, don't look now, but he's hitting home runs. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, just 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 uh, just to give you a little preview of the when you thought Jordan couldn't get any better, he and he was pretty damn good to begin with. But he has got – I think his his OPS is up over 1. I think it's 1.025. And he has a 195 WRC plus, right? And I believe league average, Marty, you would probably know better than I would, is about 100 for <laughs> WRC plus. Somewhere so, in that general area, yes. So we, uh, we, are, we basically have a designated hitter slash part-time left fielder that's twice as good as anyone else in the league right now. So his, and, and so that's pretty amazing. He's only 24 years old. We gave him, what, the second largest contract extension in Astros history besides Jose Altuve, who's more than paid for his, his contract. I don't think the Astros dish these out very much. And when they do, they're going to do it right. And so uh, I think Jordan Alvarez is is a generational talent. I think he's a generational hitter. Uh, he's someone that will, you know, look back on as like an Albert Pujols type who is just absolutely dominant at the plate. You know, they, they, they shift on them. They do all kinds of things trying to play – you know, play some of the advanced metrics, and he just tears it, tears tears teams apart. So, uh, I think that the Astros have 100% made the right move here. Uh, I mean, the Astros fans should be excited to have him uh, for for the future. I think he's, um, you know, is he's not getting the national sort of. Uh, play that he probably should, and that think that has a lot to do with the fact that he is a designated hitter for the most part. You know, he does play some very serviceable left field for us at times, and 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 that that platooning of the position with Michael Brantley has worked out really nice for the team, in my opinion. Uh, just making sure to keep those miles off of both of those guys' legs for different reasons, but. Um, I, I'm, I think it's a, I think it's just a, a fantastic signing. I think it's going to be worth, be worth every dollar. I think he's going to anchor that line. I, I'll, I will never see anyone over the next how many ever years. I would think it's until the next six years uh, hitting that four hole. And I think it's I think it's very much earned and deserved. So, 
All right, let me say this. He's allegedly 24 years old. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I did not look like that at 24. <laughs> it's kind of amazing because, you know, I put I put his, uh, his uh, stat cast numbers on Twitter the other day, and the only thing he was suffering in was, was the only blue thing on the screen was his sprint speed. And at times he looks really fast, and then other times he looks really slow, like – when he was chasing that ball that got past him the other day, I was thinking I could run faster than that. But when he's going motoring around the bases, he sure doesn't look like somebody in the 27th percentile in sprint speed. Uh, we know Maldi's in the first percentile. He's got to be. I haven't even checked. You know, I, I think Jordan's got hustle, you know, and I think he's got some intangibles that – you know, don't don't really show up because we've seen it at times. I mean, if you watch the broadcast and you can see, you know, Todd Callis and Jeff Blum talking about, OK, that particular is, he was down the line as fast as, you know, just a half second off of what uh, Chaz McCormick would be, you know, those types of things. And I think he I think he picks his places for sure. But like, I mean, he's got he's he's a gamer like he, he's got it and he's he's proven to be clutch. He was the the ALCS MVP last season, he had five, 500 over 500 against the Red Sox, six RBIs. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? I mean, for, for this, I, I, I think the only thing that Astros fans at this point could ask for, for more from, from the organization is, can you make the same offer to Kyle Tucker? And I don't know if, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't think Tucker's going to take it, uh, take an extension like that. I think he's going to probably play his odds a little more like Correa in a sense that he's a more complete ball player. He plays the field. He plays really well in the field. Uh, and he's a, and he's a pretty dominant hitter. And so I think, I, 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 I think the Astros fans are going to be like, okay, we played, we paid Jordan. Now let's lock up Tucker too. But I, I just, I don't think we'll see uh, that sort of contract happen situation happen with Tucker I think we're going to see him kind of try his hand at maybe getting one of those large contracts and in, in, on the mark, open market and your newest New York Yankee Kyle Tucker Brian Denleby <laughs> what's your thoughts on on extending Kyle Tucker after Jordan got extended yeah so I, I wrote about this a little short while ago too and and I think that is that is an absolute must. If you're going to keep this nucleus of a, of a playoff team together, you gotta, you gotta re-sign Tucker. I don't know if they're going to get it done. They, they had started some talks and some negotiations and they ended pretty quickly at the same time. Um, but I think he easily commands the same, like you said, the same contract that Jordan gets. Um, and, and to, uh, to Christian's point, uh, he is, Currently tied for third in, in the American League League with from for outfield assists. So he is, you know, he's he's up there. He wasn't tied for second before when I wrote the article. Now he's tied for third. Um, so so he's a complete player. He plays the field well. He's got speed. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He drives runs in, and he hits for average. Uh, that's that's exactly the player that everybody hopes to have that they don't necessarily get from, from time to time. So I think really the question remains, and I think this is of all the, of all the questions and of all the, uh, you know, the, the, the big, um, you know, re-signings and, and extensions going on in the Astros. I think the, the number one question is with, with him, you extend him. So then, 
then really what's what's left uh, you know Brantley's this is the last year of his contract but his his numbers have really dropped um, you know in recent memory except for average he's a great hitter for average so I don't think he's going to command a high contract if you bring him back he's not going to command a high number um, and and other teams aren't going to compete for him the way that they would for Tucker so I would love to see him sign Tucker before we get anywhere close to anything else he's he's a he would be a, a great compliment, and as I commented yesterday, finally, Jordan followed by Tucker in the lineup. That's the way it should be. <laughs> the, the two best hitters should be back-to-back in the lineup. I'd love to see it change up a little bit, though, as I also commented, too. Is I'd love to see Bregman drop to five and have Jordan three, Tucker four, and then and then Bregman five. I think that would be the best-case scenario, because then Jordan gets up guaranteed in the first inning, and, and if either of those two guys ahead of him get on watch out because we could, we could be up three to zero before the, you know, before even one out gets, gets put on the board. All right. Now, Conco, we have Jordan Alvarez. Now I personally think it's because he wasn't part of the world series winning team while he gets less love than, than some of the other Astros, but Tucker wasn't there also. So I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's my perception because Jordan's my second favorite player on the team behind, you know, who. Um, but, Matt, what's your take on, well, first, if you want to give a, a little bit on Jordan getting ascended and then your take on the potential outcome of Tucker that Christian brought up that maybe Tucker doesn't take the extension. Mm. I mean, I guess I'll just start with, a, you know, you know, I've gone to a few Astros games myself. I, I saw both Jordan and Kyle Tucker play AAA in Las Vegas. I saw them live. I saw them take uh, batting practice. I was up close. I saw them both clobber some homers, and I was blown away. I was blown away by Kyle Tucker, but I've always been blown away by how great and how big and how effortless everything is for Jordan Alvarez at the plate. I think that was a fantastic play by the Astros. Um and, you know, if they're able to extend uh, Kyle Tucker, which I think they should, I think there's a seamless, almost like a, I, I'll call it like the San Antonio Spurs of basketball, where we're kind of aging out this older nucleus, and now we have a pretty solid young nucleus that can, you know, you know extend this championship window. But I, I think those two are, you know, the best hitters with the, the best upside. The Astros need to lock them up. Would you? Do you think Tucker will take, uh, I don't know about the same numbers, but a similar type extension as Jordan does? Given what Christian said, he is a more complete ball player, though Jordan is playing more left field these days. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, he may take more of a Carlos Correa route, but you know, Carlos Correa is also at uh, shortstop and arguably is the best defensive shortstop in the game. You can make that similar argument to what Kyle Tucker does defensively. Uh, I, I I think he may, but I, I, I don't know if the Astros will let him get that far. I, I mean, I, I think with those two together, it just seems to make the most sense for the next three or four or five years. These two should be hitting in the heart of the order and be in the face of the franchise once uh, Altuve and uh, – Maybe Bregman. I, I, I guess we can include Bregman with the young Nicholas. Once Altuve is kind of uh, handed over the throne of, of uh, team leader with, with the Astros in the next couple of years. I think next podcast we're going to have to have a talk about Bregman and 
his uh, recent history uh, mm-hmm. since his since his big year. Okay, guys, last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Astros uh, currently 36 and 21, playing 632 ball. I calculated out the other day if you just did if you just now this was before last night. So when they were 36 and 20, if you just did it on winning percentage times 162 games, that put them at 104 wins. If you put it at if you use the run differential. They were going to get 98 wins. My calculation yesterday said 101 wins. Fangraphs has the Astros no, notoriously conservative. Uh, they have the Astros finishing the year at 59 and 46 to end up with 95 wins, same as last regular season. So, Christian Espinoza, do the Astros have more or less than 59 wins left in this season? I think they got more. I think they'll. I think they do. And and looking at how this division is playing out, it's exactly what we talked about at the on our very first podcast. Uh, and I I know it was us four sitting on here and saying if we could get through that first month of May when hype is high and teams are fresh, the Astros are going to be fine. They had a pretty suspect May. They came out I think maybe playing five hundred ball. And it's exactly what they need. And they've been rolling ever since. And, of course, the Angels are doing exactly what the Angels were, are. <laughs> we thought they were going to do. The Lose Rangers are – Bring the Nickelback. We need- <laughs> yeah, the Nickelback won't save your season. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Rangers are playing actually playing better than what I would have expected to. Um, and then the Mariners are just going through a natural regression uh, of their performance last year. But I think that's a team they – you know, they're still a few years out, but they're in the right direction. Then we know Oakland and their 12 fans are, uh, they, <laughs> they got some issues going on. I think they got one of those worst run differentials in the AL. So, uh, but that's, that's another, that's a whole other topic, but I, I think we get a lot of games against the rest of this division, or we still get quite a few games against the rest of this division. Uh, the, the league isn't stacking up to be particularly brutal. I mean, uh, the AL East is always tough, but the AL Central, we we just went in Minnesota and showed that they are pretenders pretty easily. Uh, Guardians are playing well, too. Just They're playing 500 ball, but their run differential is pretty solid. So I don't know. I don't see a ton of uh, – a really a ton of resistance in the regular season. Now, obviously, things change once October gets here. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, we have a solid rotation to get us through these regular season games, you know, aside from – some of the struggles of, of Kirkidi and, and Javier that we highlighted at the top of the pod. But yeah, I think, oh, I think we'll, I think we're in line for at least a hundred wins. For All sure. right. Christian goes with the over 95. A couple of notes. Angels last won a game on May 24th, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> May the 24th. We are now on June the 9th, uh, June the 10th. Brian Dunleavy over under 95 wins for your Houston Astros. So I think that's a tough number. I I, I would I I'll, I'll give it ninety six. That's uh, over. That. That's over. I wouldn't say much over. And and the reason I say that, looking at the rest of the schedule, it's going to be a tough um, you know rest of June. Uh, they're, they're playing both New York teams. That's going to be tough. Um, the the Marlins are actually playing decent baseball, um, and and the Rangers, eh, you know, they're okay. Uh, but the rest of the you know the rest of the, the uh the teams that were playing um 
and this is what this is the, my caveat. If our pitchers keep pitching the same the same way or 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 similar, you know, not not necessarily as bad. Um, if you look at all the stats, I just kind of looked through and glanced through all the the game logs and everything of of those pitchers we were just talking about. The 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 games where they have the toughest time are against the playoff caliber teams, and we play a lot more of those playoff caliber teams in the next couple months. Um, August is a little break; it's a little little respite from that. So. The, so we could be looking like we're under until we get to August, and then August we have a another you know May, yeah, right. coming up like that, something like that. So that would save it. But uh, you know, I think I think the next two months will be tough. Um, but another note, just to, just to throw some more gasoline onto the fire of over over ninety five, if things remain the same. Talking about the pitchers first, but. Now I'm talking about the hitters. Jordan will hit 54 home runs, 120 RBIs. Mm. Tucker, 31 home runs, 105 RBIs. So if that happens, that's tough to beat. I don't care who you are. So, um, you know, if, if those two guys average that out, I, I think we have no no issue necessarily there. So, um, and we get the run support. And that's the strange thing about Urquidy. He does – he does get run support. Who knows why? He's the guy that just gets all the run support, but he does. So um, he's he's won more games than than he maybe should have. Um, but uh, but I think it'll be it'll be tough for the next the next couple months. But if we if we do pretty well um, and don't stoop to the Angels level, uh, which I don't think we'll have any, any issue with that, uh, I think we'll be I think we'll be right at around ninety six, and I think we'll be looking good. Sounds good. I'm also going with the over. I don't know by how much. 11 and 10 in April, Christian, 21 and 8 uh, in May, off to a good start in June. Fellas, that's going to do it for today. I appreciate your time. And, hey, we'll talk again soon, and hopefully the Astros will have a 13 or 14 game lead. Until next time, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Juicebox Junkies. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And join us for the next episode of Juicebox Junkies.